This is episode 311 of The Amy Ayler Show, The Paradox of Prosperity with Julie Steelman. The Amy Ayler Show is especially for powerful, high-achieving women that are ready to stop being so darn hard on themselves so they can make their greatest contribution. Show notes for today's episode can be found at amyaylorshow.com forward slash 311. Now, before we go on to this very special episode with Julie Steelman, all about the paradox of prosperity, I want to tell you and invite you to a brand new masterclass that I have coming up on September 18th called Secrets the Good Old Boys Club Won't Tell You. Five revolutionary shifts women leaders must make now. This masterclass webinar is going to blow the lid off all those secrets that the good old boys club knows and has, and they're not sharing it with us. We're going to get real and tell the truth about the differences between how men were raised and how women were raised and how that has actually influenced the way that women let self-doubt and self-criticism sabotage them. You are not going to want to miss this. Head on over to amyaylorshow.com forward slash masterclass and register. If you can't join us live on September 18th, no worries. I will send you over the recording. This is one webinar you are not going to want to miss. Now on to today's episode featuring my dear friend, Julie Steelman, a former client of mine and colleague. She is an incredible woman and we have a really special show here for you today that's all about the paradox of prosperity. So are you ready? Take it away. Welcome to the Paradox of Prosperity. Amy and I are going to share a really profound conversation with you about how we can get hung up when it comes to prosperity. Because we always think about it as just moving forward and going bigger and better and having success. But there's one little glitch in there that her and I want to share with you. So I'm giving a shout out to all my Facebook peeps. And my Blossom and Roar class and attendees, they are here with us live. And Amy, I want to introduce you. I am always, like, I have a girl crush on you. And I think you know. <laughs> like, I love that. I know. But Amy is a master coach and especially focused on leadership mm. for women about having women rise and lead, which is a really pivotal part of our conversation today as we talk about money, wealth, and the paradox of prosperity. Mm. And she is a best-selling author. She's written two books, uh, Reform Your Inner Mean Girl and Big Fat Lies Women Tell Themselves. Another reason that we are here today. <laughs> she is also a very highly praised podcaster with the Amy Ehlers Show. And she's become a very dear friend of mine. She's been a mentor to me and a coach to me. She's really helped me take my business to the next level. And so I'm just warmly embracing you and scooping you in. Thank you, Julie. And she's the founder of one of the coolest programs that I have seen, which is the Women's Rise and Lead Incubator. Mm. And so I just wanted to hand it over to you to just say hi to everybody. Thank you so much, Julie. Hello, everyone. I am, I'm so excited to be here and to really dig into this conversation about the paradox of prosperity. And 
I know that we really wanted to bring this to your Blossom and Roar, amazing women and members in that program, and also to my Rise and Lead women. And so I'm giving a shout out to them. And we also decided to broadcast this far and wide on social media. And the reason being that we knew that this conversation about the paradox of prosperity was really important. I feel like we are in dire times right now and in times where we need people to bring change onto the planet. And we're going to talk more about some of the specifics around that. So we wanted to broadcast this far and wide. And I'm also going to be repurposing this for the Amy Ayler show, my podcast. So I want to give a shout out to my podcast listeners. And I also, Julie, if it's okay with you, I wanted to introduce you to the people in my community that might not know about you and how incredible you are. Um, So let me share a little bit about you, Julie. First of all, I'll just say that Julie is the real deal. She is someone that I look up to that I admire greatly. She's been a client, a friend, and a mentor to me in so many ways. And it's always just such an honor to have these deep and powerful and profound conversations with you and then to share them with other people and with our communities. I think it's so important. Um, Julie, one of the things that I love the most about you is I I love this. I wanted to actually read this and get this right because I think (laughs) it's so great. I love the way that you phrase this. Julie earned her way out of the corporate world at the young age of 47. Earned her way out of the corporate world at the age of 47 by unlocking the secrets to the new style of feminine earning power. And I think that is, we all want to unlock that. And I just love that you were able to retire at the age of 47 and to really rest on the wealth that you have made. And then that you are able to then have your money create more money for you. And I think that this is what we need more heart-centered, amazing women like you doing. So we're going to talk about that today. I also just wanted to mention that um, Julie holds a master's in spiritual psychology, had a 25-year career in global iconic corporate brand sales. That one's a mouthful, huh? (laughs) I know, right? But it's good for people to know that you were able to do that work in the corporate sector. She's also an award-winning wildlife photographer. My daughter, Annabella, my oldest daughter, has this amazing picture of a cheetah in her room, still in her tween years, Julie. You made the cut because it's such an amazing photograph. She's an amazing photographer. She also is an author with a wonderful book called The Effortless Yes, and she has a program called Blossom and Roar, and also an incredible program called Change Your Financial Destiny. So Julie, thank you so much. Her website, by the way, is juliesteelman.com. Go there. You have a free gift there that we'll talk about at the end of this call, but I'm just, I'm so honored to be with you, and it's been always such an honor to work with you and coach you as well. Mm -hmm. Just such a blessing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for being here. And um, we've got some goodies we'll share with you later at the end of the call. Mm-hmm. I just want to sh- shift gears a little and talk about the context of, you know, really feeling like we need to set the stage for why are we having this conversation? Mm-hmm. And Amy and I cross over on things Um, especially about women rising fully in support of that. Both of us are. And my doorway is through wealth and money and prosperity and yours is through impact in leadership. And, and they cross over, right? Like, cause we can't be either of those things if we're playing really small. And so we've come to a time where I think women have so much power. We're rising. The opportunities are opening up. The doors are being thrown open wide and in some cultures more than others, but globally, there is a movement towards less 
outward expression of oppression of women and of the feminine and taking their rights away. And with that, we also live in super wild times where structures that we have become familiar with, like marriage, like banking systems, like economies, and you know, even down to grassroots level communities where things aren't like they used to be. We can't rely on things like we used to. There's this lack of being able to feel like something is predictable or accountable. Mm. You know? And mm. so there's this sense of wildness or chaoticness. And in a way that's really good because it's breaking down a lot of structures. In another way, there's things happening, which Amy will share with you a lot about this too, in our world where daily the news is heartbreaking and it's, it's very difficult to stomach some of the things. You know, children in cages, illegal immigrants, you know, I don't even like that word anymore. It's like, ugh, I don't even want to say that anymore. You know, it's like people that just don't have a U.S. visa or citizenship, Yeah, you know, is really all it is. And And so we're in this time where there's this big paradox between we want to have success. We know that we're being called forward to be change makers and downloading the optimal blueprints of things that will mold and shape the world we're yearning to live in. And we're being called in that way. I don't know a woman in any sphere who I don't know. I mean, I think all of them are feeling that big sense of being called to something. And yet as we elevate or as we rise or as we aspire to break through our barriers that are having us play small and not keep bumping into our financial glass ceilings or our leadership ceilings, like we're on the edges, but we can't get past them, right? There's this sense of wanting more to become more, to evolve. And yet there's also this sense of heartbreak for people that have so much less, for people that don't have a voice, for people that are suffering in desperate ways that we can't barely stomach to watch. Yeah. And so there's this tendency towards a, in my world, I speak about it in the language of a sense of feeling like you're going to create displeasure by wanting more or mm. be judged as selfish. Mm. And I know that you have another take on this and I want to hand it over to you to expand even more on what we're talking about, setting the context here about this paradox that we're in. Yeah. In my world, the language that I often use is I like to call the inner critic, that negative voice inside of our head. I call it the inner mean girl. Yeah. And because when you think about it, the meanest girl of them all is the one inside your head. The bully inside your head is the biggest bully of them all by far. And so in programs like Rise and Lead, when I work one-on-one with clients in all of my programs, whether I'm giving talks and keynotes, I'm really outing that inner mean girl voice, that voice that tells us, especially as women, that we are not enough, calls us a fraud or an imposter when we try to rise to that next level. And then with what we're talking about here today, the paradox of that inner mean girl voice that can tell us, like push us in this way that's filled with pressure, that's filled with obligation, that's filled with this negative energy, push us to these greater levels of success versus the voice of what I call your inner wisdom, your voice of truth inside of you, that will guide you to that next level, to rise from this sense of being of service, from this sense of that you, and I know every person watching us, listening to us right now, has a contribution to make. 
And so as we make these contributions, we want to really not allow our inner mean girl story to block us, to tell us that we shouldn't be doing that, to tell us that we're not enough, or to tell us that we're selfish or being disloyal if we are to pursue those paths to greatness that so many of us desire. And not just, like I said, it's for that contribution. We're here to make a contribution in the world, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's that, all of this, the, the, I love that word, the disloyalty, because mm. if that really applies to somebody that you're not like directly emotionally related to, but you have a strong sense of us being conscious and caring women, that empathetic side, you know, that real high sensitive side. And it's like, we feel like in our pursuit of wanting to evolve or be better or have more money or have more effect on the world, because we know that we have to grow in some ways to be able to do that, is that we're minimizing their experience or we're ignoring their experience or we're somehow not doing anything to help. Right. right? And it feels, it feels very selfish and it feels very self-focused and self-centered. We, I've even heard people call themselves feeling narcissistic about it. Mm. It feels like if I'm focused here, then I'm completely shunning and ignoring all of that. Yeah. And so I know that you have a personal story that really moved me when we were talking about this. And I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I've really been doing in the last few years on a deeper level, and especially I'm, I'm a mom as well. I have two daughters that I'm raising. Um, my oldest, who I mentioned, Annabella, is just about to turn 12. So I have a tween, a middle schooler. And then my youngest, Evie Rose, just started kindergarten yesterday. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> I know. So she's five years old. And they go to an incredible school. That's a progressive school. And so they teach me all the time. And, and let me tell you, if you're worried about our children come and talk to the children at this school. Come and talk to the children that are so quote unquote woke <laughs> and are learning from a young age all about social justice issues, all about diversity and inclusion, justice, gender identity. I mean, just the works. It's amazing. And so for me as, and, and I know of you as well, Julie, as a white woman, you know, a privileged white woman, yes, can feel like we, if we are focusing on creating wealth and prosperity, that we're then ignoring people who are in other categories of oppression, whether it's racial oppression, economic oppression, so yeah. much oppression exists in this world. We know this. Yes. And so what I realized on a personal level, I had this experience in July of this year. It was actually on my 15th year wedding anniversary. And I had this experience where I felt this sensation of a fog lifting. Mm. And this fog was, a, was, it was so exactly what I teach. And I believe that we teach what we most need to learn. Yep. <laughs> so about the inner mean girl and about women that are hard on themselves. It's because I have a horrible inner mean girl and she's incredibly hard on me. So I'm with all of you in that. And this particular fog was really about self-doubt. It was about feeling a sense of, that in order to be loyal with the social justice work that I'm doing, and I'm, I'm a kindergartner at that work, I want to name that, but that I'm doing, that I'm studying, that I'm learning about, mm -hmm. that I had somehow created this collapsement 
that in order to be true to the works of social justice, in order to be true to, you know, immigrants that are in cages right now, some would call concentration camps because it meets that actual definition. Um, in order to be true to people that are in Syria right now, in order to be true to people that are going to be hit by the next hurricane or natural disaster that's happening right now, in order to be true to Native Americans. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on of all of the causes that I personally care about and that I know so many of you care about. But in order to be true to them, I had to somehow keep myself small. I had to keep my wealth in check. I had to keep how much I have in check. I had to keep my abundance and prosperity in check, that that was a way of me honoring those that are in more oppression than I am as a white privileged woman here in the United States of America. And so when this fog lifted, I suddenly, it dawned on me that there was not a disloyalty for me to rise higher into more impact, into more contribution, into more service, into more wealth, into more prosperity. That in fact, me not using the gifts that I've been given, including the gift of having to be born into a loving family in a middle-class family in the United States of America with this color skin and these color eyes and this color hair, right? In order for me to actually honor and appreciate all that I've been given, I owe it to rise and then to do everything I can to contribute to other people that are oppressed. Yes. So I had, it was like the fog lifting of taking those two things apart and saying, wait a minute, I want to rise even more so that I can influence things on the highest level I can possibly get to. Yeah. And so it was like a switch being flipped. It was the fog cleared. And I was like, all right, I'm on fire with doing everything that I can using all my gifts, all of these 20 years of coaching women from all different walks of life. I want to use all of it and make the contribution that I can. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I have to be perfect. It doesn't mean I have to pressure myself, but it does mean that I can come from that inner wisdom place and rise to the next level so that I can make an even bigger contribution. I think this is so powerful because you're naming something. I think people experience as they're like, limitation or their ceiling, if you will, the thing you keep bumping into, the thing you can't get past, this is one of them, is this, there's this, especially for women, you know, really this deep sense of, but how do I get more for me and scoop everybody else into that too, and not feel like we're doing something that is maligning those who have less or ignoring them or just going, don't care. Right. right. Cause that's not who we are and that's not the world that we're in. And, you know, it's like, I think it was a roomy quote. I don't have the exact words, but it goes something about honoring your own incarnation. Mm. And I'm a, and the story goes that he was walking into a movie theater in New York city. And there was a homeless man with a bag and a bottle and really drunk and laid out. And he stopped and he's like, I could give this money that I have to go to the movie to this guy. And then on the other hand, I really want to go to the movie. Mm. And so he decided that he was going to honor his incarnation Mm. and he was going to allow himself to go to the movie. Mm. And so he did Mm. because he saw the person as someone who was born and gifted with all the capabilities they needed 
to get to wherever it is they wanted to go if they were willing to do their work. Mm. And so it was a moment of compassion for both self and the other. Mm. And so I just think there's something really, I'm not saying that's what we should always do, but I'm saying there's something really deep and thoughtful about if we honor our incarnation and in my work, you know, the way through with the money breakthrough has everything to do with your vision, has everything to do with that. Because women aren't generally out to make money to collect stacks of Benjamins, you know, there's a bigger soul why in it. And it typically is very aligned with vision. And that that's the golden through line. And it starts to, the universe starts to organize itself around that. And so if part of contribution, philanthropy, um, legalities, like whatever way is part of your ministry to make the world a better place, when you become beautifully resourced, that becomes a need that is much more fulfilled in you. You become so much more available to being able to take care of and give to people in a prosperous way, as we talked about earlier, from the overflow. Yeah. Right. Instead, because if you're depleted and one of and your needs aren't being met as a woman and you don't feel safe and secure, your bandwidth or being able to go help other people is, you know, not going to be as big as it could be. Yeah. So I'm wanting to just pose the question for all of you listening. Yes. If you were to really allow yourself to become the wealthy, prosperous, successful leader that we know is inside of you, if you were to really realize that vision and make your greatest contribution, who does your inner mean girl say you're going to be disloyal to? Who will you be disloyal to? And there may be people in your personal life. It might be that you had a single mom that worked four jobs in order to take care of you. And you feel like if you go off and do that, that suddenly you're being disloyal to her. Or it may be someone that you grew up around, a neighbor down the street. It may be someone in your family. It may be someone that you know, a group of friends that you know. You know, I, I um, you know, lived in Los Angeles for a long time and there was a lot of quote unquote starving artists. And I hate that term. I think it's absolutely an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it was like, as my business got more and more successful, there was this sensation of, you know, you don't want to be seen as a sellout. You don't want to be seen as someone who has, has sold your soul on some level. Right. So is there a group like that, that you feel like you'd be being disloyal to? And again, this is inner mean girl racket. This is your inner mean girl story inside your head. This may be on a very subconscious level. Take that inquiry with you. And if you have any of you that are here um, watching us on Facebook Live, if you have a comment, you can leave a comment down. Like, who would you be being disloyal to? If you really stepped into your full power, if you really stepped into the prosperity and wealth and contribution that you're here to make. You can also hear on the Zoom chat, you can go ahead and do that for those of you here in the Blossom and Roar community, right? Let us know who is it that you'd be being disloyal to. And then look at it on a global level. Do you feel that you'd be being disloyal to people that are in a different neighborhood than where you live in? Do you feel you'd be being disloyal to immigrants that are caught in this horrific immigration crisis? Do you feel you'd be being disloyal to the homeless people? I live live in the San Francisco Bay area. There is a horrible crisis with our homeless population. Huge, yes. Do you feel that you'd be leaving behind or being disloyal to? And just be with that for a moment. Yeah, Julie. 
I, I think it's a brilliant question. And I would even add in the men. Mm. Like, who are you afraid of emasculating or wow. thinking you'll be emasculating? Like, if you actually had the conversation with them, if you're a unit, do we really care who's generating more that more than the other? Mm. Have you ever had that conversation? Mm. You know, maybe there's a family member or someone who is just always down on their luck. Yeah. For whatever reason or whatever circumstances. But I feel like bring the men in too. We ignore that. But there's this sense as women that we'd be emasculating brothers or fathers or, you know, fathers that grew up in the depression or they've never owned a house and you do, you know, where anywhere those there's little teeny pockets of this guilt that is eroding your ability to be compassionate, but also elevate and evolve and rise. Yeah. Good. And I, I would really encourage you to take that inquiry with you from this call yeah, today. 100%. Because it's something, just you saying that too, I'm like, ooh, I got like, I want to get in there and investigate that a little bit more. Because the thing is, is that when we look at it from a brain science perspective, there, if there is those people that you want to be loyal to, and then maybe it's on that subconscious level, there are ways that you will continually stay at that set point, at that financial set point. You'll continually bump up against that and not be able to get through that because of that loyalty. So when you clear that up and you let that fog lift of, oh, wait a minute, my success, my wealth, my prosperity, my contribution, my rising is actually not being disloyal to them and it's not actually stopping anybody else from rising. In fact, I know something, I know something about the people that are on this call right now that are tuning in from wherever they're tuning in. Yeah. That for you, that you actually rising is going to allow others to rise. That that's the kind of woman that you are. That's the kind of man that you are. If you're an enlightened man listening to this right now, right? That that's the kind of human being that you are. That you don't want to rise by stepping on the fingers and toes of others, you want to rise and bring other people with you, right? As the, as the expression goes, the rising tide lifts all ships. So it's like allowing yourself be the tide that's lifting all of the ships. We are the type of people that we need to have more of the wealth and the power in this country here in the U.S. Yeah. Or do we know that, especially with yeah. what's going on in this country right now, yeah. in the world at large right now, the more we see women leaders rising that are in their heart, that are heart-centered, the better the entire planet is going to be doing. I couldn't agree more. And I think one of my key roles and what we're doing in Blossom and Roar currently is like really looking at the assumptions and the beliefs that society imposes upon us, or I would even go as far to say the traditionally masculine money-making system, a lot of women immediately go to patriarchy and there's an imposition of how you're supposed to play the game and what you're supposed to do. And this sort of like, if I got a financial need, then I'm supposed to muscle up, right? And I'm supposed to put on my big girl panties and I'm supposed to claw my way and get competitive and go out there and it's not make the money, it's take the money. Mm. It's really what the energy of it is, is what the essence of it feels like. And so women have been turning away from the money-making system that exists in the U.S. anyway, because 
of the sense of, I have to turn myself into something I don't want to be. Right. And so the whole point is that all of you that feel like that, we're the, you're the ones we want to empower to have the wealth because then you get to have the impact that you want to have. And so, you know, people have called me intense and ferocious and I am resonate with the lions and all of that stuff, but I'm standing here because I'm committed because I don't have to work, but I'm committed to every woman having financial liberation because if we get our money houses in order, that alone will change the economic system. It changes the power structure and it changes who's influence, who's got the influence and how much we can elevate the right people into influence with our money. And so I'm unapologetic. I am totally unapologetic about being financially free. My intention was to earn my way out of corporate America. And it started long ago as a seven-year-old that wanted to go to Africa. But suffice it to say that the vision and the dream that you carry about wanting to help people, there's something there to listen to. But to use it as a way to minimize your own growth, I think is what's costing us so much. And with all those opportunities available to us, precluding us from actually taking and fully utilizing those opportunities. And I don't want to say anything fearful, but I wonder in my mind, is this, is this going to go on forever? Like, will we always have this availability to us or is it right now and we should really move on it? Mm. Like, what if it isn't forever? Mm. Mm. Like, what if it's right now and we live for today and all of us that gathered together and arm in arm and stop living in this, this paradox that's keeping us bound to being small, but become epic role models of wealth, of influence and doing it with heart, with vision, and with values in service to our needs being met and the needs of the people that we deeply are called to serve being met. That is a different world. That will create a new money system because we won't be creating a money system by reacting to one we don't like and creating a new imbalance. Those don't work. So the question that comes into my heart is how much do you trust yourself? And this is for all of you listening. How much do you trust yourself? And this is the reckoning that I had to have in reckoning myself, right? Because it really is a reckoning. It's like, well, how much do I trust myself? How much do you trust yourself? Yeah. That as you increase your prosperity, increase your wealth, increase your influence, increase your success, how much do you trust yourself that you will stay aligned with your heart-centered values and stay in integrity with yourself? And if you can say, oh, I trust myself. I know that the more money I have, the more money I'm going to give. I know the more influence I have, the more I'm going to influence things in a positive way. Then for God's sake, we need you to rise. Yeah. A hundred percent. I actually think that's where a lot of the work is to do. Yeah. Because a lot of women don't trust themselves with money and they don't trust the money system. Right. Right. And I think that's one of those things too. I remember a coach that I had a very long time ago gave me an exercise 
of imagining that I was personally earning, you know, $5 million a year, let's say I'm just kind of pulling that number arbitrarily out. And if I was earning and receiving $5 million a year, what would I do with that money? And actually to flesh out, oh, okay, here's what I'd be doing with that money. And when we look at the people that are the billionaires with the B, yeah. first of all, it's like, okay, something's a little amiss here in some ways. It's like, hmm. And what would we be doing if we were in that situation? And to actually map it out for yourself so that you can go, oh, this is what I would be doing with that level of money. And from you, maybe it's 5 million, maybe it's 10 million, maybe it's 1 million, maybe it's 100,000. I don't know what that stretch number is for you. Yeah, and there's no imposition of, there's no judgment in this land here about what the number is. No, but it's like, if you were to reach that stretch, then it's like really mapping out what it is that you'd be doing with it. And the women that I know that are in my community, that I know that are in your community, Julie, we're the ones that are going to be using that money to influence policy change. We're the ones that are going to be using that money to start a nonprofit or fully fund a nonprofit. We're the one, you know, it's like, yeah, of course we're going to get our travel on. And if you're into the the handbags and the shoes and whatever, go for it. Of course, do your thing, have your, you know, have your candy. And I know the vast majority of it is going to go towards other things because the people that have the money and the influence right now, they're not doing that. A lot of them aren't doing that. Not all of them, but it's something for you to do as a little exercise for yourself so that you can start really looking at what would, what would my budget be? What yeah. would my spending plan be if <laughs> I were at that level of wealth? And I think you'll surprise yourself with how much you'd be like, wow. And then that portion would all go to good things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we do that, and if we live that out and we're willing to, we start to actually cleanse the money system. Mm-hmm. I know for me that those extra millions is my rhino foundation mm-hmm. and I want to put to an end to any cultures that believe harvesting animal parts as aphrodisiacs or for pleasure that there's just that consciousness doesn't even exist yeah yeah good luck with that one right but I have an, I have some ideas yeah you know what and that's that's what I'm saying it though. starts with an idea right yeah, yeah. so This has been awesome. Thank you. And I feel like you have really identified and named and shared with people really lived experience in a moment of this fog lifting and the veil lifting about collapsing the heart-centeredness of feeling compassion towards people that are in whatever hardship or lesser of a situation that they're in with is it wrong for me to want more and am I being disloyal or am I creating a whole legacy of selfishness here Mm. that I don't want to be a part of? Mm. So I haven't even been able to name what that is. I feel like this is something that people are probably going to really be hungry for and go, wow. Okay. Mm. And so I thank you for sharing this with me in our little casual conversation. And we went, it's the paradox of prosperity. We have to talk about this. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you so much for bringing all of your wisdom and all of your heart to this conversation, Mm -hmm. Julie. I love having these conversations with you. And I'm so glad we did one where we could let people eavesdrop on what we talk about. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes, 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 yes. Well, thank you. I think that you've left everybody with this brilliant exercise. And so in just wrapping up, um, I want to share with you that if in any way you feel a financial blocker limitation and you don't know how to overcome it, if you go to juliesteelman.com, there is a free quiz called the Blooming Rose Quiz where you can find out where you are and then get instant results and remedies for being able to work yourself out of that. And I know Amy has something beautiful as well that fits in with um, offering people something for as additional support for this conversation. Yeah, thank you. You know, one of the things in my work is I really help women leaders identify that particular flavor of their inner mean girl, the voice inside their head that is holding them back. And so Christina Rilo and I developed and really discovered 13 different archetypes of inner mean girls. And so there's, you know, the good old fashioned comparison queen that compares your worst to everyone else's best. We have the perfectionist, right? Who says, yeah, raise your hand if you can relate to that one who can't, right? There's the perfectionist who says, if it's not perfect, it's not worth doing. We know her. <laughs> then there's ones like the good girl, inner mean girl archetype. Yes, I have that one. That right? People pleasing. The people pleaser who says, you know, if it's right for you, okay, great. No problem that I'm going to do it. So there's all these 13 different inner mean girl archetypes. And so I have a free quiz um, that you can go to freeinnermeangirlquiz.com and at freeinnermeangirlquiz.com, you'll enter the quiz. You'll be able to take a quiz and discover which of the- It's a good one. It, it is a fun one to really discover. So you'll discover which inner mean girl archetype is really wreaking the most havoc. You'll also get an instant deactivator tool to go with it. And then you can also apply to have a one-on-one breakthrough call with me or my team to talk a little bit more about what might be blocking you from rising and leading in your life. So you can do that again at freeinnermeangirlquiz.com. Beautiful. Yeah. So with that, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. We'll say, you want to share? No, just thank you so much. And just continue to really investigate this process, the the paradox of prosperity for you. How does it show up? It can be challenging. Paradoxes are all over our lives. Wanting to create incredible wealth while also not wanting to create wealth because you want to be loyal to people or you want to not take too much or you don't want to not be too big. You don't want to shine too bright, like whatever that is for you. Or stand out. (laughs) Or stand out. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, a last thought on that is that in this world, we're downloading so many new blueprints and templates that don't have models for them, especially women really stepping into visionary roles. And if we're going to bring about the kind of change that we yearn to live in, we're going to have to muster up the moxie to stand out a little bit and get really real with our visibility and be out there and, and just, you know, be in our hearts and be loving, be a little unapologetic and just keep on going and develop your support system around you and the kind of resiliency that you need. And we can't, we're not going to get anywhere alone. We have to all do this. We have to all do our part. All right. So we're going to send you off with much love and many blessings. We'll come back later to Facebook and comment on your posts. We're going to stop broadcasting and thank you. 